All right, what's good, y'all? Um, Fantastic Hip Hop Podcast here. Today, we have a super special guest, and I'm excited to announce J.R. Swifts. How you doing, bro? I'm good, bro. You know what I mean? What's the word with you? Um, you know, I'm just hanging out, you know, working on reviews, trying to get more YouTube videos out, just trying to expand, and I'm super excited to have you here today. going to ask you some questions, you know, things you're up to, things you've done. So, yeah, let's get right into it. Um. First question I want to ask, um, how was it working with Elzai? I mean, you did the, you know, the seven times down, eight times up, or seven times up, eight times down album with him. And I loved it. I, you know, it was one of the highest rated albums I've ever reviewed. It was super good. He did his thing, but I mean, you also elevated him to a level. I thought he wasn't at for his past few records. You took him back to, you know, his prime form. I really felt like, so how was it working with such a, you know, prolific rapper? Man, it was super dope. You know what I mean, like I'm a huge, huge fan of, you know, uh, SV, and then to be able to work with probably one of the best, if well, not even one of the best, probably the best, you know, group member at that time, and then now working with him as a solo artist, it was it was fantastic, bro. Like to go out to Detroit because I actually flew flew to Detroit to work with him when on one on one on on the record. It was so crazy. Like, that's probably the only time I was like starstruck to work with one of my favorite MCs. Like, it was it was an amazing experience, bro, for sure. Yeah, now that album was super dope. And I remember I dropped my review on it and I saw Elzai liked it and commented on it. And you commented on it and you liked it. And I was like so starstruck, bro. Like I was super pumped, super hyped. But um, you know, oh. kind of your next question I want to ask, like, what actually got you into producing, making music, making beats, and all that stuff? Oh, man. Um, my pops, like, that was the foundation. My pops actually a producer. Um, his name is Jay Swift, but it's not Jay Swift from Farside. Actually, not Jay Swift from New York. I think for, I think, uh, anyway, it don't matter. But, um, yeah, so Jay Swift, the producer from New York, um, which is my father. I actually learned the foundation from him. And basically watching him, how he moved. I remember being in studios, seeing a lot of the, the, the greats from Kooji Rap to AZ to Bust Rounds, Flavor Flav, man, you you name them, Bug, Bugshot, you name them, Pat Poos. They, you know, I was, I was just around so many dope MCs and around the culture. Like, it was just one of those things that I was going to fall in line with. So, you know, shout out to, you know, our possible bring me into the culture. Man, that's, that's how I got into producing. Yeah. yeah, I guess it runs in the genetics being great producers. That's crazy. I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know your dad was a producer. He worked with all those guys, too. That's super dope. But um, mm -hmm. I want to talk about, you know, like the actual production skills that you have. Like, how do you find, you know, like who you want to rap over your beats? Man, um. It, it 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 comes with the territory, like just wanting to, to hear dope records. You know what I'm saying? Like when you hear J.R. Swift, like you, you hear the grimy, the soulful, the you know, just bringing that sound back. Like I just I just having that that vision, like I, I could vision this MC like have how many dopest pins just going crazy. So it's just having that that vision and knowing where you want to go. The, the right direction with the record. So sometimes um, it could be difficult because I feel like in this day and age, it's not a lot of rappers besides the OGs, of course, that's like rapping, rapping again. So sometimes it can be difficult, but all in all, 
just having that vision in that ear, knowing where you want to take the record. Of course, of course, that's dope. And then when you're actually like making beats, like how do you find samples and how do you like how long does it take you usually to make beats? Man, yeah, it depends. Like finding sound, like I'm a real picky person, like trying to find like that one. Like I I go through samples, like somebody could give me just some gigs of samples. It could be a hundred plus samples in there, but I probably a flip like two out of the batch because I have such a picky ear. And that comes with, you know, you developing the sound. So when you go out there, you're a producer, people could pinpoint, oh, that's a J.R. Swift beat, that's a such and such beat, so on and so forth, because everybody has a different ear. So my ear is more melodic, more grimy. Like, I grew up in an era where Gene was, you know, one of the biggest groups and artists, you know, especially, at, you know, as individuals, that's the era I grew up in. So I try to take, I try to bring that sound back just with a, a modern twist. So I'm looking for sounds. I try to envision that era, so to speak. Yeah, that's dope. I mean, you're definitely one of the leaders in this whole boom bap revitalization. I mean, you know, there's ton of, you know, a lot of the other Griselda in-house producers. I mean, you're pretty much a regular there at this point. I remember, I think what was at the end of 2020, I remember West Side Gun was posting you up on a story and you've done a ton of stuff with him. Amherst Station oh. 3, which is one of my favorite West Side Gun tracks. I mean, and you have a ton of other songs with him and you've done a lot with Griselda. Oh. So explain how that came to be. Man, oh, so funny story, right? And I appreciate you. Um, funny story. So I had a beat battle 2018. So this is probably two or three days after my birthday because I had a battle, I think. Yeah, it was the same day as my birthday. Anyway, two, two or three days later, um, a friend of mine had sent me a post that Westside Gun was, you know, looking for beats. And it's the first time he did something like this. He never looked for outside production. All production was coming from either, you know, Uncle Al, you know, Alchemist, or Derringer. That was, or um, might be somebody else here and there, like Des Blaze, so on and so forth. Yeah. But actually trying to bring, I guess, bring somebody up and coming, you know, to work on a couple projects, it was unheard of. So he sent me the post. I was like, man, it's, you know, it's 40 minutes in. This email is probably full. I'm not going to say nothing. But I already had beats that, I, that I've been wanting to send. So I was like, okay, cool. I sent the, I sent, give me like six, seven joints to West. And then his role manager had a message me. He was like, yo, Wes, you know, he liked these joints. I was like, what? Because, you know, I was kind of taken back because I thought it was like a fake account. Yeah. Not a fake account, but I was paying no attention. I mean, no, no disrespect to the B, that, that's homie. So um, I was like, okay, you know, this is tour manager, whatever, whatever. But anyway, he ended up, I guess, recording Wes saying that, you know, his little studio set up. He's like, yo, who's this? He's like, yo, this is J.R. Swift. So the joint that he ended up playing, that, that beat that was ended up playing, ended up being Reno D for Conway, which is crazy. That's but another one joint, of my favorites, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the beat that was playing in the background ended up being Vino D for Conway. But one of the joints that he picked from the batch ended up being my first placement, which was um, Big Luther Freestyle 2018 on Hitler 6. Yeah. So I've been working with them from 2018 up to the point now. 
Yeah, I mean, you keep making songs with them, and I, you've worked with other people. Obviously, you worked with Kanye. You had a couple songs on Armani Caesars, The Liz, which was a dope project. You had, I mean, you know, big production roles on that, The Liz, and Seven Times Up, Eight oh. Times Down, which were both in my top 50 albums of the year last year. And I mean, yeah, that's huge to work with people like that. I mean, they've taken over hip hop and you're part of that. Like, you know, how does that feel like to really, you know, you're changing the culture right now? Man, it, it feels amazing. Like I've been doing this for a long time and it's like, um, I'm still, I don't, I'm still trying to process everything. That's what I'm looking for. I'm trying to process everything because it happened so fast. Because 2018, it hit. 2019, like, I was on damn near everything from Flea Lord Project to Khan to West, and then still building with L for the Seven Times Down album. Yeah. And then 2020, so I had, you know, Little C's, then had Countdown, then had, um, what was the other joint? Gucci Casket, then had a whole project with L. So it's been... You know, I'm still just trying to process it all. Like, it just happened so fast. So, but I'm appreciative of it. Like, why the doubt? Of course. Yeah. I mean, it's wild right now. I mean, when was the last time you worked with West and them? Um, he actually had a record coming up um, pretty soon. I don't know exactly when. I don't know the timeline, but we actually have a record coming out pretty, pretty soon. I think everybody will rock with this joint. So, it's, it's crazy. It's super, super crazy, especially the people that's behind it and the vision that everybody has. Is, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be crazy. Yeah, that's dope. I know he's been hinting. You know, he said he was going to retire in 2020, and now he's lining mm-hmm. up a big 2021. I mean, West Side Gun is really – he's one of the best dudes in the game right now. All the Griselda guys, I mean, they're dominating. Mm-hmm. But West Side especially, I feel like he's done so much to push them forward, push the culture forward, not just even in music – in all of art in general i mean it's honestly nuts and yeah i mean that's super dope i'm super excited for that is there any other is there any other collaborations that you're doing right now anything big in the works um yeah but i'm not gonna say i'm gonna let the work speak for itself you know i um you know i've been over over excited to just put you know stuff out there i'm gonna like the work you know like the work speak for itself, but the work that is coming out is definitely, you know, another notch on a on a catalog for sure. So just just, uh, just stay tuned with everything. For sure. I'm, I'm super excited for that. I mean, again, you keep you know outdoing yourself. Every instrumental that you make is so intuitive, diverse. I don't think you have any beats that really sound the same. Although you know, like the style you're making. It's always, you know, some people will say, oh, boom, bap is old. It's too repetitive. But, I mean, you're really one of the dudes who's, like, pushing it forward to new heights. And, I mean, nah, it's crazy. My favorite instrumental that you did last year, though, was um, Light One, Right One on the Elzai album. Bro, that's, mm. like, I listen to that song all the time. It made my top 50 songs of the year last year list, which DJ yeah. Premier saw, too. And was he reshared the entire list. That was a crazy moment. But, yeah, that yeah. song is just so crazy. Man, man, again, thank you. That that record, that beat itself was so crazy. I remember making it. I remember, um, I don't know where I found the sample from, but I later found that was a pretty well-known sample. But when I found the sample, it was like kind of pre-chopped already. 
But I, but I, you know, I could do my thing, whatever, whatever. And I was just going crazy, like with the drums, the bass line. That's that's what what really makes the beat sound so crazy is the bass line and the drums yeah. in a certain way. And that's one thing that's, I mean, everybody for the most part have hard hand drums, but I think the way I program my drums, the way I program my production is what made me stand out than my peers. So that particular joint, I was just like, man, listen, I'm having fun with music again. Not saying that I wasn't before, but just being free to create a certain way. So when people hear, you know, stuff I did with Gazelda, they're like, okay, well, you know, I, I we we know JR for this. But then it's like, nah, I need to do the knowledge. Like that's only part of the production. I have this. At this side, I have stuff with L. Like the whole project is different. Like real melodic. Real boom bap, um, stuff that makes you like just feel good music from like Ferndale, Light One, Right One, to um, Smoking Mirrors. Like it's just a catalog of production and songs that you could relate to. Then you can go back to to other stuff that that I've done. So, um, yeah, appreciate that, bro, for sure. No, it's dope. Especially, I mean, as creators, like the thing you said where you really like you were having so much fun making that instrumental in the album as a whole, like, you know, as creators, I mean, we we love what we do, but it gets tiring mm. sometimes. And sometimes there's just that one thing you do that really makes you fall right back in love with everything. And it keeps you going and makes you, you know, reach a new level, which really, you know, something I feel especially. But no, that's super dope. And, um, you know, you've really, you've come a long way and you're someone, you know, my community really likes. I have a lot of upcoming producers I talk to. And, you know, one thing we always talk about is, you know, how they make beats. Now, obviously, I'm sure you're doing it on more expensive equipment. You're obviously, you know, you're a pro. But, um, you know, always talk about with these young dudes is how long it takes to make beats, stuff like that. And, um, you know, I think I asked this earlier, I don't think we've touched on it though was um how actually long like does it usually take you to make a beat um it depends man um it could be five ten minutes it could be sometimes an hour depending how uh progressive the i want the beat to be like mm-hmm. i'm adding drum fills i'm adding different sequences that make the beat standard like like for instance right so if you go back and listen to jason jade like the beat like beats like Jason for L, that would take me probably like an hour because I'm going back and I'm doing different things and I'm tweaking. But something like Amherst Station 3 or like Countdown to Gucci Casket, that probably take like five, 10 minutes because the drums is really taking the production when you go versus like Jason, I'm pinpointing certain um, aspects of the production. Like I might... Um, add like a drum fill here, like a ghost uh, kick drum. Like it just, I'm just doing certain things to make the production stand out a little bit more. Yeah. So it could be five or 10 minutes or it could be an hour. So it just really depends. Yeah, no, I find it crazy. Like even, you know, hearing from, you know, bigger guys, like even the Kanye West dudes like that, like how long it really takes to make a beat. I mean, again, some people like you can do it in five, 10 minutes. Other people I've heard it takes days or whatever. But um, what's the longest you've ever spent on an instrumental? Um, probably like a day or two, and that's usually a winner for somebody. Like sometimes I hear a vision, like so I'm not classically trained on an instrument, which I want to pick up an instrument, 
right? But if I want to collaborate, like, like with one of our brothers, so shout out to, you know, my homie Balaam. I want to collab with the bro Balaam. I'd be like, yo, bro, I need you on this to add, you know, the keys or whatever the case may be. I send, I send him, a, you know, the beat, but he might have something else going on, so it might take a day or two. So that's usually the longest, maybe like a day or two. Um, I let him work with somebody else. It might take longer than that, but no more than two days. Mm-hmm. Now, do you find yourself collaborating on beats a lot, or do you usually make them just by yourself? Um, I guess both. Like, like the thing right now is sample packs. So they, technically, that would be a collab. So I'm collaborating basically all the time, but I'm producing about myself, if that makes sense. But actually taking a beat and sending it to somebody else to um, add, you know, their own vision to it. Um, it's rare. It's rare that, that I do that. I'm normally producing by myself unless, you know, a sample pack technically is a collab, but yeah. I'm normally producing by myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, well, what is it now? It's March. What's the March 4th. We're almost going on a year since we've been in lockdown with COVID and all this crap. And how has this COVID era of music of life affected you as an artist and as a person? Um, personally, it definitely it changed me personally, for sure. Musically, um, it definitely elevated me because I'm one of those type of people I want to elevate some form of fashion, whether it's personal music, style of fashion, whatever the case may be, I always like to elevate. So it definitely changed me for sure, but yeah. it changed me for the better. Musically, again, changed me for the better. I try to do different things. Try to I try to tweak certain things in my production, but it's been going super, super well. Especially this year, it's been crazy. Um, I just did a record with Pat Poose, and he did, um, I guess, not really a freestyle. So how can I how can I say? He basically did a video version of the record. So name of the song is called Serial Killer. So he's basically like taking all the or some of the I guess some of his favorite serials and making a freestyle out of it. Yeah, I saw so he that. Basically, yeah, so he did the video to it, and that went viral. That went crazy. So that's, like, one of the highlights of this year so far. And there's other things that I had going to prior to that. So I was in the studio with, with Terminology. That was super crazy. And the week before that, I was in Atlanta with West. So three weeks straight, it just been crazy, nonstop. So I could tell this year is going to be like the year I had in 2019, but probably way better. Yeah, I mean, I think you keep elevating yourself. Even if, you know, you look at all the tracks you produced from 18, 19, 20, I mean, you know, it just keeps going up. And I think it's definitely going to do the same this year. But, um, yeah, so I got another question. If you could produce a song for any three rappers, who would it be? Could be dead, alive, anyone. Damn. Well, so, like, is it separate or is it? All, all three on a record. You get all three of them on a record. Yeah, um, all three on a record. It's a tough um, question. <laughs> yeah, because there's so many people, so many different styles. Yeah. Um. So I'm 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 gonna go. I'm gonna say Biggie, right? So Biggie's gonna be the first one, of course, being from from New York, but. When we think of Biggie, we think, you know, some of the songs that was fire. But I was, I was watching this documentary 
and they had some of the lyrics like on the screen you kind of you know read them I'm like yo dude was really like ball like I'm a type of person I love penmanship I love like good writers so I'm like yo dude really had some some crazy bars yeah so I would say Biggie I would say Elza and I would say um the third person who who would be the third person um Oh man, I'm, I'm really trying. I'm really, I'm really trying to think on a third person. Yeah, that that, that would That's... probably be be crazy. Oh, um, all right. So I'm gonna do Fonte. Font. That's a great. That's a great three, bro. I love Fonte. to see that collaboration. <laughs> man, listen, the way things is going, who knows? Like. I, I I think I think this shit definitely could happen. Oh, definitely. Uh, like yeah. I'm, I'm I'm manifesting that. I'm manifesting I'm, uh, Jr. Swift and the Fonte collab for sure. It could be Little Brother or it could be you know him on his Fonte own. Fonte and myself. Yeah, he's great, bro. He's one of the most underrated MCs. I feel like I feel like he does not get enough respect. His obviously his run with Little Brother. You have so many classic albums. The album they did in what was it 2019? They made was also pretty good too. And his solo career has been pretty good too. His what was it, twenty eighteen? No news is good news. That album was dope. I mean, he is certainly one of the best to ever do it. But no, nah, I'd love absolutely. to see that collaboration. Oh well, yeah, absolutely. He um, I think, I think the recognition is not as much as as it should be. It's because it's the the conversation that goes back and forth with you know the Drake situation you know drake essentially taking his style so to speak yeah and then running with it and making a career out of it yeah you know but he he does well maybe early in his career he um credits fonte for his success like he he loved little brother he loved like one and stuff like that yeah but you know they, it was all the ongoing back and forth like oh do fonte sound like drake it's actually the other way around. Like yeah. I think that's probably why, but that's only speculation, though. I mean, that's only assumption. But dude is super talented. You sing and rap, so that's why I pick him. Because you could have, you know, if you look at Biggie, he had one more chance. He had other records, so you figured Fonte on a hook, sing it, then he could rap too. Then you have L. Like yeah, it, that could be a, a crazy, crazy yeah. um combination. Yeah. Now, I, I have also on that Biggie documentary, I've heard it's really good. And usually, you know, when they mm. make stuff like that, it's usually garbage most of the time or a decent amount of the time. I haven't seen it, though, but I heard it's really good. So I'm definitely going to check mm. that out. But um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I just started. Um, It's getting pretty good so far. This is one of the best documentaries I've saw thus far. Um, they're getting real in detail about um, some of the like thing that was happening within his career like how it started and so on and so forth so yeah. it's, it's good so far yeah no that's dope that's definitely super dope collaboration all dope stuff mm-hmm. and um you know on that drake thing it's funny you know obviously drake whatever he's like the almost like the michael jackson of our generation but there's yeah. a video there's a video of him and you know he's talking about Fonte and all these other underground dudes like Elzai. He talks about Blue and Exile. He really used to look up to these dudes, and he got a lot of his stuff from them, which is wild to think about. But um, oh. 
Yeah. So I got another question. And this one's kind mm. of about the stuff I do. And um, you mm. know, people like me, do you care about critical reception and, you know, like how critics perceive your music? Um, not really. And the reason being because everybody has an opinion. Yeah. And art is very subjective. Like you could say, um, yeah, I think this MC is garbage. I think this producer is trash. I, I think this project is, you know, trash. Or you could think, is, you know, this producer is good. This artist, you know, whatever, so on and so forth. Um, everybody has an opinion. You know what I'm saying? I see a lot of people kind of get mad when uh, critics comment on a, on a stuff. And it's like, well, you put it out there for it to be criticized. Yeah. I've I've been criticized before. I put out, you know, um, let me see, beats that I've done with Gazelle I've been criticized. People think, you know, I sound like Derringer or I sound like Pete Butcher, so on and so forth. Like, I've been criticized before, but it comes with the territory. Like, it's nothing new under the sun, but you can never call me corny. You can never say whack. Like, you can ever say JS Hood put out anything trash. Like, even when I'm working with artists that's on the rise, like, they can't ever say, oh, I got a white JS with a beat. Nah. So it comes with the territory, so I really don't care. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's always going to be people who don't like your stuff. I feel like that's, you know, being a personality, whatever you're going to do, people are always going to try to take you down. I mean, even as me, even though I'm always reviewing albums, writing reviews, I have a ton of people that always want to say something about me or whatever. But I mean, you know, you just kind of learn to take it. It's, you know, it gets whatever. If you're doing your thing, you're grinding, it's like, you know, you're not going to tell me that I'm shit. Like, you know, go screw you. That, that's, that's, that's absolutely, that's, that's correct. Like, yeah. why do you care so much about what somebody had to say about your art? Art is very subjective. Like I said, like, you know, what you like, the next person don't have to like. Yeah. That, that is just the, you know, what the world is about balance. So yeah. why would you care about what the next person says? You're going to have plenty of people that's gonna love what you do you also have plenty of people that's not gonna love what you do keep grinding regardless because that was the real thing yeah that that supports you so word i feel you bro and now this question is something i love to ask to producers especially Mm. and um this was gonna also probably be a tough one so hopefully i don't stump you here but who is your mount rushmore of producers my Rushmore. Mm. Della is number one. We're gonna get that out the way. That's Della is number Della is number one. Two. Cause I can't even do a personal favorite. Um two would be you gotta go, you gotta go with yay. Kanye. Number yeah. two. Number three. Man, so many people, so many people, man. Yeah. Um, oh, Dre, gotta put Dre in there. Yeah. So that's three, four, four would be. Mm, Just Blaze at four. Just Blaze, that's a dope four, bro. Yeah, that's a great list. It's always interesting to hear what different people say about that because I feel like it's such a 
intense debate. I feel everything in hip hop, you know, Mount Rushmore's are debates that are never going to end. And it's just, I love hearing different people, especially, you know, someone who's as respected as you, someone who's made it as far as you, a perspective on that. And um, let me throw in a bonus here. Top hmm. four for Mount Rushmore of rappers. Top four um, for rappers. Man, um, probably I would say, um, Biggie. I would say Biggie's number one. Two, um, I would say Big L, but Big L passed so early in his career. Yeah. Um, Nas, I'm buzzing Nas. Yeah. Three. Gotta go with Jay. That's automatic. Four. The fourth one. Man, so many. Well. Ah, man. I'm four. I'm triple four. Pac. I'm gonna go with Pac for number four. That's a dope one. Yeah, I mean, I love Pac. You can see right there, I got the Pac painting on the wall. Yeah, that's a mm-hmm. that's an amazing top four, and it's crazy, honestly, how you know three of those guys were you know New York came up in New York. New York has really dominated hip hop since you know it's the late seventies all the way to now. I literally think that if you put New York against the entire rest of U.S. hip hop and even worldwide hip hop, New York is probably still better. That's just how dominant New York's been. I mean, it's truly crazy. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, it's just that's where hip hop started. Yeah, but. You know, and this is also a, a topic where people like to discuss and don't like to discuss because they say, man, you know, New York is sounding like the South. Um, you know, hip hop is changing, but hip hop is not that old. Hip hop was like 40, like 40 some years. Yeah. So it's a, fa- it's a fairly early genre. Yeah. So you figure the era that we was coming up in, right? So you figure the 70s. So you got to think about how people was living and moving around in the 70s. You got to think about the 80s. You got to think about the 90s. And you say 90s is the golden era, which essentially it, it would be. A lot of people came out in the 90s. But it was also some dope MCs in the 80s as well. But you got to think about that time frame from the 70s to the, to the 90s compared to like now, so many things done changed from the fashion to the MCs, to the just the art form in general. Yeah. People not really break dancing no more. People not really doing graffiti. I mean, it's still there, but far as like more on the forefront, yeah. like how it was back then. Now, even with the fashion, like still, still the same thing. Everybody kind of had their own little niche of what they do. Now everybody's kind of like paid cycles. Like everybody's looking the same, dressing the same, talking the same in the music. Everything is like oh, okay. This person got on by talking like this. I'm doing the same thing. They got corny, so yeah. that's why I said hip hop is, is still early. But we could bring it back. It's coming back around, and you got to think of Zelda, Rock Marciano, um, a couple other people, Long Street, so on and so like it's a list of people. He that just dropped a dope album. Up. He just dropped an amazing album. I'm still working on my yeah. review for that, but that was a great album. But, um, yeah, 
I think, you know, to that statement, I think as like a whole, I think the hip hop culture is definitely in a weird state because I mean, it's just, it's mm. all over the place. You have a lot of cloud chasers, a lot of vultures, people who don't belong there, people who don't care and are just exploiting it for money. I mean, you know, hip hop, even like, you know, trap music, not all of trap music, but you've seen how it's taken over the charts, taken over everything. And I mean, now you have like pop stars trying to make trap music, like Justin Bieber, Ariana Grande, all these people are trying to make something hip hop related. But I think musically hip hop is better than it's ever been. I think people who just look at, you know, the front of hip hop and say, oh, it's dead. You know, these guys like Lil Baby or whoever are, are ruining the culture. I think that's just ridiculous to say because you have so many other great artists, great producers all around who are just doing amazing things. I mean, you have you, you know, all the Griselda producers, Griselda as a whole, you have guys like Kendrick, Freddie Gibbs, Tyler, the creator, all different styles of music, but it's just, it's really, it's made hip hop such a versatile genre. And I mean, the music's great on all spectrums. It's great. But yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I just, and this is something I had posted on my Twitter, I say, you know, why do you do music? A lot of people, you know, was more personal. Like, I do music because it is therapeutic for me. It made me feel a certain type of way. And um, it's like a few people here and there. I think it's like three or four people that say, you know, it's a money grab. And I hate that. I hate that music became so accessible and easy to do. Like, I could go pay 100 to 200 bucks buy a program and then now i'm a producer yeah i could go get a microphone and now i'm a rapper it became that easy and accessible compared to people like i've been doing let me see i'm i'll be 30 this year i've been doing this since i was like 12 13 years old so this is something that i've, I've been doing for a long time i'm just now getting my break yeah. you got people that have been doing it four or five years and probably you know in a bigger status than me commercially though yeah, I'm I'm pure hip hop. I could do crossover records, but I love the the, the greediness, the underground feeling that I get when I create hip hop music. I don't want to go chase billboards and stuff like that. But I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it my own way. Shout out to Uncle Al because he did it. You know, I think he did something for um for Innocent Pack. I think two albums ago, if I'm not mistaken. I forgot what album was. Maybe yeah. was it on Oxnard? I think it's one think of them. Oxnard, yeah. Yeah. So he did it his way. Pure hip hop boom bap producer did it his way, and Griselda showed that as well. It's like, yo, we could we bring the sound back and we gonna do it our way. People want to follow the formula. Like, okay, I'm gonna do trap beats. I'm gonna do this trap sound, and I'm gonna get on. And it's like, nah, I'm gonna do this my way. Like, you know, in terms of basketball, everybody wanna be like LeBron. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm about to be, you know, James Harden. I'm about to be, you know, AI. I'm about to be people who, who change the, the culture and change how they do things than the formula that everybody is trying to follow. Yeah. I'm about to follow my own formula. Of course. I mean, which is, I mean, like, you know, people make music organically. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, the real, the people who are real artists are always going to end up having the longevity I always kind of put it like this, you know, you have guys like, you know, Takashi 6ix9ine and, and dudes like that who, you know, they get hot for a couple of years, they do something dumb or people get tired of them making the same song over and over again. 
And now they're pretty much relevant. You know, their sales are going down. No one's really mm. investing in them. You know, no one wants to go see them perform. And I mean, you know, obviously no one can perform now, but when concerts are right. open, you know, no one's going to really invest in you. When you, you know, making art, people are going to, you know, love you. They're going to really love you for who you are. They're going to grow to you. And I mean, you've seen that with Griselda this year, especially also, you know, Freddie Gibbs and Alchemist with Alfredo, like they're nominated for a Grammy now. You saw, I mean, you know, all the big three Griselda records, Pray for Paris, Burden of Proof, and from King to God, they all charted on Billboard. And Benny, I mean, you know, he's been like the commercial leader for them now. I mean, and he's got plugs I met too dropping soon. That's probably going to go crazy. And I mean, yeah, these dudes are really like they've paved away. And all the real, you know, like guys who are considered, you know, the top tier legends, they all recognize it too. I mean, you know, you have guys like Lil Wayne, Eminem, Jay-Z helped Benny, I think on One Way Flight it was on Burden of Proof. And then, I mean pretty much everyone's noticing them at this point. Like all the big artists have somehow, you know, recognized with him. I mean, which is just crazy. And I mean, yeah, I think the real art will always stay pure. will always stay true. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I'm, I'm super proud of them dudes, you know, for doing it their way. Like we need more people like that. And that's going to be me. I'm going to do things my way. Like I'm paving my career the way I want to. And so far, the way I've been doing it my way has been working. Like everybody has their own formula. Like do what works for you. I'm gonna do what works for me. And what I've been doing so far, I've been pretty successful at it's it. It's working, yeah. I mean, it's it's doing amazing. Um, has there ever been like a moment where you've just been absolutely like starstruck, or you know, you like you knew at this time or you, that you made it? Um. Man, probably my first placement. Yeah, I want to say the the Big Luther Freestyle record. Like I remember, I was working, I was working at my little my little gig, and I remember I was like, man, I'm about to quit my job. Like this is a dub. Like I'm I'm not gonna keep working for somebody forever. So I remember that exact moment. I was like, seeing my name on the credit. I was like, yo, I'm in. My phone was blowing up. Yeah. Like, it was just a crazy, crazy feeling. I'm glad I didn't quit my job, though. But um, that, that was that, that moment, though, for something to, to come greater. So, um, yeah, that was that moment. I was like, yo, I'm about to quit. Forget this. I'm doing music four times. So, yeah, that 2018 was that moment for sure. You know, it was crazy, too. I mean, Big Luther Freestyle is such a great track. As that being, you know, your first, like, ever major track that you did, like, that's such an amazing, bro. I mean, all the Griselda songs are good in their own respective, but that's just one of, I think, you know, Westside and Benny's best tracks, you know, chemistry-wise. It was, it's an amazing song. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I remember 2019 um, when I went to the Sony Hall show um, to see Griselda and everybody. And it was like a crazy night. It was uh, Primo was there. Man, it was it was heads in there. Like, you know, if somebody that somebody definitely was in the building. Yeah. And I remember um, I was backstage and I seen Benny. Well, when I walked in the, the back room, I seen um, Ms. Bernadette, which is Sean P's wife. Um, I seen Keisha Plum. Then I turned to my left and I looked down and I seen... Uh, God bless the dead to, to both, um, DJ, Shay, DJ Shay and Sean P. But I seen DJ Shay sitting down, and then I dapped, dapped him up. 
I seen um Benny. I was talking to Benny for a little bit. He's like, yo, bro. He said, yo, West, West, love your shit, bro. And I was like, what? But um that that was that was crazy to even you know kick with them for a minute. That's pretty dope. That's so dope, bro. That's honestly like that's such a cool moment, especially you know, seeing legends like DJ Shave, may he rest in peace. Like that's just surreal, honestly. Like I'm just thinking about that in my head. But no, nah, that's really crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, that's really that's a great story. Um, let's see, I'm gonna see if all the questions I got, if I hit everything. Um so let's see, any um uh, all right. Out of all the songs you've made, what's like your favorite thing ever? Mm. Man, I'm really trying to think because I love Potential from L. I love Smoking Air from L. I love Overseas. Um, I love Countdown. Um, my favorite drink though, probably smoking mirrors. Yeah, that's that, that's probably my my favorite joint. I think um, I think because how it how it sounds so melodic, the drums hit a certain way. Um, L was in a whole different pocket that I never heard before, and I listened to a lot of L's, uh, and that was a whole different kind of pocket. He was in that pocket. With um the record called Listen off of the off of uh, the Jerry Jackson album. He was kind of in that pocket, but this was like in a whole different pocket. Yeah. So yeah, the Smoky Mirrors is definitely probably definitely my, my favorite joint for sure. That's my, my favorite joint. Then behind that would be potential. Then behind that would probably be um Little Seeds. That's dope. No, actually not 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 Little Seeds, but Tista. Then Little Seeds. Yeah, you got it. It's really crazy. You got a great like top. Like, some of my favorite Griselda songs really are mostly produced by you. I mean, there's so many great ones, but all those tracks are just absolute bangers. And then, you know, obviously the Elzai album is phenomenal itself. I think my favorite aspect of you as a producer is your drums. Like I, as soon as I heard like the um, what's it called? The Elzai album. The drums just stood out to me, especially like we were talking about on Light One, Right One, like the way they just kind of pop out at you. Like, I feel like especially in like the lane you're making, a lot of the Griselda drums are very similar. I know it's kind of like a meme to clown West Side Gun. He always uses like similar drums. But um, I mean, I feel like you really like diversify those patterns. And I think it's just, you know, it's really something that makes you stick out from, you know, the Derringers and the other guys. Yeah, I, I, I could definitely I could agree with that. Um, excuse me, everybody has their own style of how they do things. So I come from the background with using drum breaks, using one shots. Um, and then what, what I experienced, like the people I was around, like just the overall influence. I, I know my sound is going to be something that you heard before, but you really can't pinpoint where. Like everybody kind of has an era where they take pieces from. So my my sound is heavily like 03, 04, with a little bit of late 90s. Um, maybe even mid 90s. So I would say about 94 to about 04. Yeah. It's like that, that 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 pocket. You know what I'm saying? Like from the drums, the bass. Um, I even have 
like heavy synthesized um, beats, kind of like you would hear, like, for instance, if you go to Bake for Mercy album, Genie, right? You go listen to um, Ask Somebody, right? So that was produced by Jake One. So records like that, I'm trying to think of another joint that was on there. Um, it was a few more, but I can't think off the top of my head, but like that real synthesized, heavy type sound, like I have those in the pocket. Yeah. And a lot of people not not doing those type of joints no more. So I think that's what makes me stand out outside of the drums as well. That's dope. Yeah. I mean, you really you have a great all around skill set. And I mean, kind of moving away right now from the producing aspect, do you have you ever like rapped on any songs and have you ever like thought of actually rapping as well? Um, yeah, so I was actually an MC before I started producing. Oh, really? Yeah, but I didn't, I wasn't in love with my voice. So at the time, my voice was kind of high pitch. I was like, man, I'm not going to do this. And I remember um, I had a group, I had a group with, with, with my cousins and um, I told my homies at the time. And so it was what, maybe like five or six of us, right? Um, and I was and I was engineering the sessions. I was recording everybody. I was recording myself, and I was making the beats. And at the time, um, I was using FL Studio. My beats was trash, though. Like it sounded like some polyphonic ringtone type vibes. <laughs> like it was just horrible. But what years was this? Oh, like oh five. Oh wow! So we're going back. Yeah. Yeah, it's like oh four, oh five. Uh, it was just. Terrible man, but I love the experience because music was embedded in me. So I was like, man, you know why I ain't rap no more. Then I ended up doing a track with um like a my, like my big homie. So that was like I was 17. And no, that wasn't even the last track. The last track I did was 2014. Um I had made this group called um it was science. It was me and my homie Dove Cordova. And we had did a record together. We never put it out, but 2014, 2015 is probably the last time I actually did a record. I was actually um thinking about buying a mic and just going back to that bag. But I don't want to steer people away from what I'm doing. It was just going to be for me, like just another outlet for music instead of just producing. I want to actually record. But yeah, that's it's probably gonna be something um, I would put out though. Mm-hmm. So, do you think you're gonna ever rap again in the future, or you don't know? Um, I don't know, man. That's something like that's a skill set you really gotta have. Like you really gotta sit. And what well, depends if you wanna be an MC, MC, then that's a skill set you really gotta, you know, really have. You just doing like trap joints, just having fun. There's really no skill set for that, but it's true. Um, in the in the future, I don't know yet. It's really hard to tell. Really hard to say. I feel you, and you know, I mean, you're talking about you know that that was 2005. You said you've been making music generally since what you were 12 or 13. It really shows, and also, I mean, the people you work with. I mean, you know, some of the biggest guys, Benny the Butcher, Comedy Machine, West Side. They're all almost 40, and I think you know, for anyone listening out here who's you know trying to do something, whether it's music or whatever. And, you know, it's frustrated. You feel like you're doing too much, not getting enough recognition. I think it's all about perseverance. I mean, you know, I mean, that shows, with, again, guys like you, the Griselda boys, 
it really shows. I mean, you guys stuck to what you were doing and, you know, you did it for years and years and years. You finally found what you were good at. And I mean, you know, you eventually made it. I think, you know, you got to stick with things in life if you want to really get them and be great. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, and what I also see, I see a lot of people get frustrated at the fact, you know, they look at they age as an issue, as a problem. And it's like, well, you do know, because Zelda's like damn near 40. Then you got two chains that reinvented himself, what, 35, 36? Yeah. He's old. He's like 44 now. I mean, but he's, you know, you would never know. Even, yeah, a, dude, even, a, yeah, even a dude, I was just going to say, like, Future, he's, like, almost 40, I think, too. I mean, he's, you know, he's been yeah. making club bangers what, almost a decade at this point. So you can't tell me, oh, hey, you know, music is a young man's game. I'm like, nah, it's a lot of older cats really doing their thing. Yeah. Sure, like, you can't say, oh, music is a, a young person's game. Nah. It's a lot of young dudes. Um, there's a lot of older dudes that that's really bringing that sound back, and like there's no age limit to music. Like you can never, like think about um, like people who um, uh, I, I forget I forgot the, the actual term, but you could be a, like a director or something like like seventy. I forgot the actual term, but yeah. You can never be told for music, basically. You yeah. You're 70, 80 years old, still creating music. You're 70, 80 years old, as long as you, you know, you fully functioning at that age. Yeah. You still still be making beats. So. It's a, that's amazing, I feel like, in itself. I mean, you know, you have another, you know, like sports, you, you have an expiration date. You're not going to be able to play till you know, forever. You're always going to have to retire. Music, you don't have to. I mean, you have guys like, you know, David Bowie, obviously not a rapper, but, you know, he made an album, what? It came out a week before he died. I mean, and then you have guys like this year, you know, Public Enemy, Chuck D and Flavor Flavor in their 60s now, and they still put out great music. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, there's no expiration date in hip-hop. And that really opens up, like, the door, because, I mean, like, again, we were talking about how young the genre is, like, we haven't seen half these dudes like full careers play out yet. You know what I mean? Like a lot of these dudes who we consider like old, like they still have a lot in the tank. And I mean, you know, they still probably are going to put out a lot of albums. It's pretty crazy to think about. And another thing, I mean, obviously with the age thing, you're always going to have guys who blow up super young, like Lil Wayne, Earl Sweatshirt, Chief Keef, Joey Badass, Nas, you know, guys like that. But I mean, again, those are, I feel like are just lucky times and there's always, younger dudes who are you know why haven't i blown up yet why haven't i got a deal yet why you know there's no one listening to me i just feel like people put too much stock in that and you really got to look at you know the general guys who are really putting you know great stuff out who are doing great they tend to be i think a little older well well, then well i'm glad you brought that up well you got to think too the era is different a lot of MCs, well, musicians, not even MCs, but a lot of musicians now are independent. So a lot of people's not relying on labels anymore. Yeah. And I, I asked, I think I asked like two people this. And they both had deals and now they both independent. And I asked, you know, um, what's the difference between being, you know, signed to a label and being independent? It's usually about money. But you own everything as an independent artist. As an independent artist, you yeah. don't. When you sign to somebody, and T Pain actually just brought this up, he was like, "That money that you're getting, that's borrowed money. 
Like, you basically being pimp. At yeah. the end of the day, like, that's borrowed money. You still got to pay me my money back. Yeah, yeah. you go. I'm a, I'm a front with this. No, I'm a front with this. 500K, whatever case may be. I need a couple albums from you, though. I need two or three albums. I need my money back. But as an independent artist, you make 500K. Guess what? You made 500K. And that's all yours. And you don't got to split that with nobody besides family. Um, maybe you got a little entourage. Maybe pay some people off. I don't know. Yeah. But that money is yours that's entirely. Yours. But with a label, you split that with everybody. Everybody got their hand in the pot. So, and going back, when Nas and everybody's coming up, like you really, you know, they, they really set the foundation. And it all depends too how you set the foundation because you brought a little Wayne, right? But Wayne's it's not as big as he once was. Yeah. He still put out music, but nobody not really and again, this is only assumption, assumption. So nobody not really checking for Wayne like they used to anymore. Yeah. Same for Cassidy. Cassidy had a crazy run. You know, I really check. I mean, he's battling stuff again, but nobody not really checking for Cass like they used to anymore. Yeah. But they still check for Nas. Nas set that foundation. They still check for Jay. Jay set that foundation. Yeah. You talking about like, like Chuck D and whatever, whatever. Um, PE, you know, they relevant in their own way. And the game now is how relevant can you stay? Yeah. Zelda is relevant and they're going to keep being relevant because things that they are doing. Nobody's not doing it like them right now. Yeah. Compared to, um, like you said, some of the younger guys, they do a lot of shit for club. Man, I need to get on. I need to be heard. I need to be seen. So I'm about to do some outlandish stuff to get put on. And then, too, like, you could just tell the mental capacity ain't there with a lot of these dudes either. A lot of these dudes getting killed now. A lot of these dudes is doing beds. And it's like, yo, every time you turn around, somebody getting locked up or, yeah. or, or, or getting off. Compared at that time, um, they had real stories. You know, the um they have they had real stories. The budget might not have been as big at the time. No, no, excuse me, it was, but I guess you know you have to do certain things to get to the money. But a lot of them artists were still in the hood, they were still trying to make it, and then when they made it, they made it. Yeah. Now it's like um these up and coming artists is having a lot of issues. They still in the street, and it's like, yo, you got the budget, like you kind of got the money, you got the means to not be in the street. At this time, at this particular time, yo, I'm still in the hood. I'm still trying to make ends meet. But now these the, the labels is bringing these people out, you know, off the street, and they're going back to the hood. I don't understand. It. Yeah, for street credit. So that that's the difference too. That's the main difference. Uh, it's crazy how the labels, you know, I mean, I feel like we keep progressing, like hip-hop culture as a whole, where, you know, back then everyone was looking for a deal, and they've slowly become less reliant, especially like, you know, we saw Kanye West, he released all the artists, he gave the share of hit their masters back, Big Sean, Pusha T, I think he owned 50% of it, and then I think what Universal owns the other 50%. 
and he's trying to fight, get all the masters back. And I mean, it's pretty crazy to see, you know, how all that works. And um, I just want to ask you, have you ever been offered a record deal? Um, no, I, I, I haven't. Uh, I think, I think producers nowadays don't really get offered. Um, I don't think producers nowadays get offered deals anymore. Mm-hmm. For the simple fact that this has like you are now accessible, I could reach out to some of my favorite artists via DM, Twitter, IG, or I could fuck around and go viral, and they could come find me. Yeah. It's that simple at this point. Now you just got to handle your business. However you want to handle your business. Compared to like years ago, it wasn't you know because what. Twitter is what, 11 years old? Yeah, I think 2010, yeah. 2009. Yeah. 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 So I I think IG is roughly around the same. So they're they not that old of a social media platform. But before then, it was hard for you to even get in contact with some of your favorite MCs, some of your favorite singers, whoever, your favorite, your favorite artists. It was kind of difficult to do that. Now you can reach out to these people Still, it's still a little hard, harder, still a little harder because your message could go into like other because you know you got a primary, you got generally got other, so they probably yeah. weren't able to see your DM. But as long as you keep doing what you're doing, the game is small, your name gets circulated, so you don't know who's listening, you don't know who's tapped in with what, like you, you just never know, but um. Far as like a producer being offered a deal, I, I rarely see producers get offered um production production deal where you know they in house producer. I rarely see it. I could be wrong, but producers basically on their own now. They they like we are our own artists. Yeah. So well, as far as with me, no, nah, I never been offered. I'm not even sure. I w- I would even take one, but it, I mean, if I do, it it has to be a crazy deal enough for me to take that you know take that deal yeah now, is there any like particular label or group that you would sign to if you were offered to do yeah um probably between probably tde man um and i say tde because they still got that that sound. I was gonna say Dream Dreamville, but Dreamville is not as boom bappy as TDE. Yeah, no, I agree. So uh, I would say TDE for sure. Yeah, I feel well, TDE is a good. Yeah, I feel TDE is a great label, probably one of the best. I mean, them Griselda. I feel like they're still pretty homegrown in the sense, and they're not. You know, they don't really clout chase. They're making music for the art of it, which I mean, again, you know, we've obviously talked about is super important i think you know that's as hip-hop you know fans producer journalists whatever it's something you know that we love and you know, super important yeah yeah absolutely like you, you gotta um you gotta make music for you and the people the people will follow like i think a lot of people don't understand that that concept like if you just do the music that you love to do the people that love the same stuff that you love will follow you 110 percent 
then you have other artists that want to follow your formula. It's, it's happening right now. Like with Griselda, they stuck to their guns. Now everybody want to sell coke. Everybody want to wear these high end brands. Everybody, yeah. and it's like, yo, y'all wasn't even talking like this, you know, in your first couple hours. Yeah. Now, now you switch it up, and now you, like, yo, everybody can't sell drugs. Like, I understand that like, negativity is, you know push to the forefront but everybody can't talk that mafioso talk unfortunately you got to stick to what you know best do you know again going back to what i was saying do what you love to do and people will follow the real gene people will follow yeah i feel you on that and there's totally i mean a ton of guys like we were talking about earlier cloud chasers and i mean a lot of these dudes just cap they just talk about whatever you know think they think is cool and it's become like a problem in hip-hop i mean a lot of people have gotten called out for it it's pretty funny honestly to see these dudes who you know just make up their lives and then you know get called out by other people it's funny it's kind of sad at the same time it's almost like you know comedically sad how you know just how pathetic some of these artists are but um i'm already i'm already known yeah so um i'm gonna ask you now have you do you have like a crazy you know story about any studio sessions you've ever been in like any you know story that sticks out to you um man yeah i remember growing up um i don't i vaguely i vaguely remember it man it was um Basically, being in the studio with with Busta Rhymes, like I remember, like my man had on like the tan, like velour sweatsuit with some wallabies on, and this one he had the locks, so you know he was like skinny. Yeah. Um, I remember that. I think um, I wonder if that was the same session that um, I don't know if you're familiar with the producer Knox Raw from from VA. But I wonder if that's the same session that he was in as well, because I think it was two rooms. Mm-hmm. We was in one room, and I think my pops was playing beats, and I think Nas was in the other room playing joints. So it might have been that same session. That's crazy. And then um, another one I remember being in the studio with Coogee Rap. He was in one room, and I was in another, and this shorty that he was dealing with at the time, I was battling her son. Like I, I um, he felt like a year younger than me at the time, but I was battling him in another room. It's crazy. <laughs> um, and the more more recent, I was in Atlanta, Atlanta with with West, you know, and I was in this, uh, the B studio. And I was recording. Well, I wasn't recording, but Keisha Plum was recording to a joint, like one of the first joints that um. Well, he recorded the two, but it was the first joint that night. And I ended up having two bottles of champagne. <laughs> and I remember I was gone. I was done. <laughs> and I did, I think I just finished the second bottle. And I'm letting her record because we trying to get pro tools working. We can, you know, yeah. shout out to, to, to the homie uh, B. So B got everything set up. Like he know what he was doing. I'm like, all right, so bro know what he's doing. Like he got it. So I'm chilling. And I think I just finished the bottle of Bel Air. And all I remember I was asleep. 
I remember Keith kept waking, waking me up. She was like, yo, he is. I was just done. She was like, yo, he he really slumped. I was in a chair just slumped, but that was like a uh, that was more most like a funny moment. But yeah, that's funny. The, the, the ones from my youth is like some of the things I really cherish the most because you know, being in second grade and seeing, you know, the, the things that I I saw from AZ to Flavor Flaves to Buster to Coogee Rap, Buckshot, um, Papoos, the list goes on, man. Like to experience that at a young age, it was crazy. Like I got stories, even my pops, my pops had stories as well. And that's something that we could take to our grave. Like, you know, like we, we did our thing at an early, early age. So it was dope. Those are those are all great stories. Have you ever like met Busta again? Because I know he's done a lot of stuff with Griselda in the past few years. You ever seen him or you know talked to him? Yeah, so I, I met um I met him again at the Griselda show in 2019. But we never really get to talk, like he would just perform. Mm-hmm. Um that was like the only time I I met him, but we never really sat and talked talk about like yo, because he actually um he he asked you to date a family member, um, like way back in the day. So I never really got to sit and talk to him. Like, yo, like you know my pops. I, I like we never really had that conversation yet. So wh- whenever that day comes, I'm like, yo, like you know some of my people. And then you know, you know, tell them we have it from there. But no, I, I never um haven't ever since 2019. I really haven't. That's dope. I mean, yeah, imagine a Buster Rhymes, you know, record produced by you. That would be sick. Man, I got joints right now that's sitting and waiting for sure. Um, I definitely want to make that happen. I've been making it happen for sure. Like, everybody that I had on my bucket list, I definitely checked off. So, um, I, that, that's somebody else that's going to be checked off as well. So, it's just timing. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I'm a huge Buster Rhymes fan. I mean, let me show you right here. I got the signed copy of his um, latest album, Extinction Level Event Damn. 2. Bro, I That's love this. Dope. I have it on my desk all the time. Every You know, most times I talk to whoever, producers, rappers, everyone loves Buster Rhymes. Like, he's always in everyone's, you know, favorites list and everything. I always show them that, and they all flip out. It's pretty funny. But, um, yeah, no, Buster's really – he's one of the goats. He is, definitely. Yeah. And um, so we're going to start to wrap this up. Do you have anything you want to say, anything you want to plug or whatever? Yeah. Um, you can follow me. And for, you know, those who, who's listening, you can follow me at, you know, on Twitter and, and Instagram. You can follow me on JR Swift. That's J-R-S-W-I-F, as in Frank T-Z. Um, that's both uh, social media platforms, IG and Twitter. I have a beat tape out right now called Ski Mask Music. That's on Bandcamp. Um, it's going to be on streaming platforms here shortly. So, yeah, y'all can check that out. That's dope. Yeah, I haven't listened to that yet. I got to check it out. When did you drop that? Um, what, couple, last month sometime? Yeah, I dropped it last month. Um, I want to say the, maybe the 19th, 20th. Oh, Maybe it was the twenty first. I it was I know it was that Sunday because I came back from Atlanta that Friday, so it was that Sunday I dropped it. 
So I mean, we was at the 21st. So only around the 2021st of last month. So it ain't been out that long. Yeah, that's blessed tech. I'm going to check that out. I didn't even know that came out. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, thanks for coming on here. You're about to take over this year. It seems like, I mean, you got everything planned. You keep going up. You're coming off amazing, you know, what last three years. So, I mean, it's only up from here. I'm also, I'm going to make a playlist, which will be up on my Apple Music and Spotify, where all your top songs of so people who, you know, want to hear what you've made or, you know, whatever, they can check that out there. I'll link that all. But um, yeah, thank you for coming on here. I appreciate it so much. Yeah, absolutely, bro. Thanks for having me. Of course, bro. I'm sure we'll talk soon again. And yeah, well, good luck with everything this year. Stay safe out there. And yeah, thanks for coming on. Absolutely, bro. Be safe. All right. See you, bro. Have a good one. All right. You too.